you might not understand what you're going through right now, but I want to ask you a question. Has God through his word, through the Holy Spirit, in some way prepared you for what you're facing? You know what I'm talking about. Do you have a little nudge a couple months ago about what you're dealing now might be coming? Did you have someone come up and say, listen, I have a word for you from the Lord. And it didn't sit with you then. And you couldn't understand. Oh, I don't, I can't receive that. That is not, but now all of a sudden (laughs) that thing is like the best thing you've ever heard. Do you have a feeling? That's the love of Jesus. God, the full Trinity preparing you for a transition now. It's time now for the Autumn Mile Show. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome to another episode of the Autumn Miles Show. We are through Easter, you guys. How did that even happen? Where did the time go? Is it already April? What? I can't even process the fact that it is April. Two days ago, it was New Year's Day. Like two days ago, guys, what happened to this year? I have no idea. I'm like, I feel like I'm in a time machine throwing me forward like months in advance. And, you know, someone said something the other day of like, let's start that in the fall. And I was like, the fall, the fall is in five minutes. We can't do it in the fall. (laughs) Why is time going so fast? I don't even know. Anyway, we made it. I hope to Jesus. And actually, I hope to Jesus that you had the best Easter ever. I got saved on Easter Sunday years and years and years ago and um, loved it. I always loved it when my... um, going to church, we would always go to the sunrise services and all that stuff. I'm obsessed with sunrise services. If you have a sunrise service at your church for next year, email hello at autumnmiles.com. I'm going to show up because I love those sunrise services. Love it. I hope you had a great time. I just, there is something about Easter. We need that hope. We need that hope every year, but uh, for sure (laughs) this year, I just feel like, oh man, we need a beacon of hope. Okay. I am going to give you guys a couple of little announcements. First and foremost, we want to come to you. We want to come on the road. I used to travel a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot pre-COVID. And now, you know, I don't travel as much as I do, partly because of my season of life. But we do want to come to you. We want to take the Autumn Miles Show on the road. I would love to come to your church, to your event, whatever. If you're interested in that, email hello at autumnmiles.com. Um, also, we've got some merch in the store on the website, autumnmiles.com. Go to it. Get yourself a little lion hoodie, little lion lamb hoodie. I wore mine the other day. We're getting compliments of those lion lamb hoodies everywhere. I think it's because the, like the front says lion lamb. And then on the back, we worked about getting the qualities of the lion and the lamb, which both represent Jesus on the back of that hoodie. So it's awesome. And um, you need one because it's it's April in Texas and it should be 90 degrees, but it's 58 degrees out right now. And I have no idea why Texas is making me mad when it comes to its weather. 
Anyway, love, love, love you guys. Okay, what is going on in my life? I have to tell you about a sweet moment. Can I tell you about like the sweetest moment of all time? And let me tell you, when you have four children, sweet moments you treasure, okay? (laughs) You treasure the sweet moments when they actually act like they pretend like they love each other because, you know, it's really nice because most of the time you're like, mom, he touched me, mom, he's looking at me. Like I had to tell Haven to stop telling me that Moses was looking at her last night. Like, why do I have, why is this a problem? He can look wherever he wants. He's looking at you. He's not, you know, doing anything to, he's just looking in your direction. That is okay. Okay. So anyway, I, sometimes I'm like, do you guys love each other? Do the four of you love each other? I love you. And I want you to love each other because when you leave this house, you guys are all you, when dad and I go, you guys are all you got. Anyway, I digress, but that's just how I feel, especially at the ages that they're at. Hormones everywhere, you know, attitudes everywhere. I love them so much, but good Lord, give me and your dad a break sometimes. Anyway, the other day, the break came. It broke. It broke. Everything broke. It was wonderful. Haven doesn't feel good. And, you know, she's a really good actress. So sometimes we don't know if she feels good. And she's just really, really acting, pretending like she doesn't feel good or if she actually is sick. Because she's never really sick. Like, she's she's not like a fever. Like, some of those kids have fevers. And it's like, wow, your fever is 135 Yeah, you're sick. She never has fevers. She's like my one child that never gets them. Anyway, so she's like, mom, I'm just, I don't feel good in her little place. Mom, I don't feel good. And she's like, look at me with her little eyes that melt my soul. Mom, I don't feel good. I'm tired. Mom, I'm tired. Mom. And she's like, and her eyes did look a little bit, a little sickly. And so I said, okay, okay you can stay home from school today. Okay. Moses is so full of energy. We, he just needs to be doing things. So obviously he's not sick at all. And, um, I let her stay home, but he went to school, right? This is the moment guys where I'm like, they really do love each other. So we're getting him ready. And you guys know that I learned about the bus and it's so amazing (laughs) and it changed my whole life. It gave me two extra hours in a day and I didn't have to sit in the pickup line, which is awesome. So I've got him all ready to go. He's all like ready to go outside. Like he's like, you know, got his little hair hair and his little everything and little backpack. And um, he's standing in the door and he didn't realize that Haven was staying home from school because she didn't have her backpack on or whatever. And I made her go back upstairs and go back to bed. And he's like, where's Haven? And I said, well, baby, she didn't feel good. So mom's just going to let her stay home today because she's, you know, whatever. And he was like, what? What, mom? <laughs> it's almost like he was like, mother, what are you doing to me? <laughs> mom. I need her to come with me to school. And it was the pros precious moment. And I said, son, she needs to be home. She needs to whatever. And he's like, what am I going to do without her mom? I said, well, you're going to go to school. You're going to eat lunch. You're going to go to to gym. You're going to have a great time. And you probably forget that she's not even there because she's not even in your class. And he's like, but mom. I'm going to miss her so much. 
And he turns around about that time the bus is coming up and he walks to the bus so slow, you guys. It was the saddest with his head held down. It was the saddest thing ever. He makes it to the bus. I'm like waving. I'm always like, I love you. Have a good day. Like I'm that mom. Um, He gets on the bus. And so I go upstairs to check on Haven and Haven looks at me and immediately she sees my face and she starts sobbing. I'm like, what in the world? And she was like, I miss Moses already. I miss him already. Mom, can we call him? And I'm like, no, he didn't have a cell phone yet. Mom, mom, I just miss him. When am I going to see him again? When am I? And I'm like, and then it broke. I realized they love each other. You guys, they do. (laughs) They just bicker back and forth all the time. They truly love each other. And then the whole day she was like, mom, what is it? Is it time for Moses to come home? Is it? And I said, no, baby. Anyway, that's what's happening in my life. That's a monumental moment. And I love it. And I love them. And I love that they love each other. Because when Eddie and I are gone, they're all they got. That's what I'm going to tell them. They're all they got. Anyway, after the break, (laughs) we're going to be talking about, (laughs) are you facing a sudden but hard transition? Are you facing a sudden but hard? hard transition. Y'all, I'm about to preach this word that God has given to me. I'll see you right after the break. Don't go anywhere. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God. While I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangsta Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, I am back and I am really laser focused today. This is what we're going to talk about. It might not be as long as the other um, the other episodes are. And I don't really think it needs to be because I'm really targeting those people that are transition in some sort of transition. I just feel like this is so many people are coming out of a hard season or entering a hard season or they're, they're in the middle of a hard season. And some of these transitions have been hard. They've not been easy. They might not have been wanted. Like you didn't say, oh God, please make my life really, really hard with the transition. (laughs) Most of the time transitions 
in your life, whether you're moving on, maybe you just got let go from a job, you just got laid off, or, you know, you just have a relationship change, or your kid just went off to college. I was texting with one of my friends the other day, and her son is going to college soon. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so hard. And we talked so long (laughs) about how do you handle the transition when you don't want them to go, but you know that they need to go. Um, I just feel like there are so many people that are moving into a different phase of life, a new phase of life. God is asking you to pioneer in a different direction that maybe you didn't see for yourself. Maybe you didn't want, but here it is right in front of you and you can do nothing about it. Okay. It is happening. Sometimes I think that God, you know, does this to, sometimes I think, I know that God does this to grow our faith, to keep us dependent on him so that we won't be arrogant or prideful or whatever. But sometimes God does this because he sees what is better for us. And he makes decisions for us that we would never make for ourselves. There are some transitions in Eddie and I's life where we would have never chosen ever in a million years would we choose to, um, one time Eddie got laid off uh, from a church in Phoenix that we absolutely love and we were doing amazing ministry there, but they, they couldn't afford it. They couldn't afford, they laid off all these 38 people, I think in one day, and we were one of them. And all of a sudden he, Eddie walks in the house and he's like, I got let go today, me and 38 other people. And we just kind of stared at each other. We're like, what do we do now? God immediately sent us into a transition, but that transition led us to Dallas, which we have been for 13 years, and we have done amazing ministry there. We would have never chosen that because we were happy where we were, but God said, I have something better, and they just don't see it yet. And I want to talk to that person that is confused. They have no idea what is going on. (laughs) They're going, oh my goodness, what has happened to my life? All of a sudden, there was a sudden transition or you just feel the Lord shifting you over. This is what I want to talk to you guys about today, those hard and sometimes sudden transitions. The word divorce just came in my mind. I'm wondering if any of you just were served or were told that your spouse wants a divorce this is for you today. I want you to take this personally. And if it's you, I want you to email hello at Autumn Miles. And I want you to tell me because I really feel like the Lord just dropped that word in my spirit and you're listening. So turn up the dial because this is for you. Turn it up. Okay. I want to liken you to our our friends, our friends, our best friends, our besties, the disciples. And I want to talk to you about that last week of Jesus's life and where that last week of Jesus's life left them. Okay. Here we have all of the disciples. I want you to just picture now Palm Sunday was, you know, a week and a half ago at this point, but they're on Palm Sunday in the scripture. You wanted to be riding with Jesus, right? Like, yeah, the dude on the donkey, that's my boy. Yes. I mean, Peter wasn't denying him at that point. He was like, 
what's up? I'm with Jesus. Yeah, I'm with the guy who heals everybody. I'm with the guy who casts out all the demons. That's my homie. That's my man. Like, you know, on Palm Sunday, you're wanting to be riding with Jesus, right? Like you're you're tuned in to that and you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Like if I, if I was a disciple, I would have been like, yeah, what's up? He chose me. He only chose 12, but I was one of them. You know what I mean? I'm just imagining this is, you know, Peter talk like that. Like, don't even shake your head. You know that Peter talk like that. But here we are on Palm Sunday and everyone is waving their palm branches and they're saying Hosanna, which actually is translated, save us, we pray. So here we have people looking at your leader, Jesus, waving palm branches. They're celebrating him and they're they're yelling out to him, save us, we pray, save us, we pray, save us, we pray. That's a pretty good spot to be in. They're riding good. They're um you know, news has spread at this point very far and wide about this Jesus the Nazarene, Jesus Christ the Nazarene. It's, it's, it's spread. They all have notoriety. They all have positions because of Jesus. I mean, Jesus put these guys on the map, right? I mean, literally he put them on the map, but also platform wise, he put them on, on the map. I mean, Jesus is the one that called Peter from, from like we talked about last week, called him from a fisherman. I mean, you know, these guys, they were, they, I mean, Matthew was hated because he was a tax collector. I mean, Jesus put these boys on the map. So here we are rolling through in Palm Sunday. And, you know, everyone's like, you know, save us, we pray, save us, pray. Now, obviously that chant was prophetic because one week later or five days later, Jesus was actually technically going to save them. He'd done miracle after miracle, after miracle, after miracle, after miracle. And let me tell you something about the disciples. They had no idea, even though they were told, which we are going to, um, we're going to unpack today a little bit. They had no idea what the next five days were going to hold. They're rolling with Jesus. Everything is good. They're high. They've been chosen. They've been given supernatural power to do all of this stuff. And all of a sudden, five days later, they're denying Jesus, betraying Jesus, leaving Jesus, their Jesus is dead, hanging on a cross between two thieves, and he is gone. You want to talk about trauma. You want to talk about the shock of your life. These boys, you guys, gave everything up to follow me. He even said, the main, let, let the dead bury the dead, you follow me. He even said, leave it all, just follow me. They left their families, they left their jobs, they left their lives, and for three years they were riding high, and all of a sudden, within 24 hour, three day period, everything was gone. This is where somebody is today. I was doing good. Financially, I was great. Our marriage was great. My child was fine. 
my health was fine. My job was fine. And all of a sudden, now it's not. Hard, but fast transition. The Lord has been talking to me, and I'm going to ad lib a little bit. I have a I have a very organized outline right in front of me. Thank you so much to Amanda who puts this together. But the Lord has been talking to me a lot, and I'm going to get into just a couple passages. I'm not going to go to the text, but about the Holy Spirit as our helper. Now, I know I've talked about this a lot, but you want to know what he said to me the other day. This is what happened. I was... Um, Get, I got up very, very early, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit told me something. I'm not going to tell you what he told me, but he, he told me something very specific. And he told me something about someone very specific, but that person hadn't told me what he had told me. <laughs> this is going to get really, just go with me on this. This has happened to me a lot lately, a lot, especially in the last few weeks. I don't know. I just feel like I'm, and I've been asking, Lord, Holy Spirit, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. He told me something, but the person that he told it to me about had not said it. As a matter of fact, denied this thing that the Holy Spirit had told me, denied it. And so I said, okay, Lord, okay, I hear what you're telling me, but this person hasn't said what you're saying. And they, she, he said, I know, but I'm helping you. I'm helping you. And I thought to myself, well, thanks, <laughs> because it wasn't good what he told me. <laughs> well, thanks. I really appreciate it. It wasn't bad. It was just, it was not what I was expecting. And I thought to myself, okay, and this has happened, actually, it's happened multiple times in multiple different situations in the last few weeks, but this one was just very bold. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, you have to listen. Because I am going to tell you and prepare you for things that a human won't admit to yet. Now, that was really, really bold when he told me that, but it helped me. Because this is what I realized. And a day or a day or two later, this person called me and said exactly what the Holy Spirit had told me a couple of days before. The Holy Spirit prepared me for a transition that I wouldn't have been prepared for if he didn't tell me in advance it was coming. Okay. I want to go to John 13, 6 through 9, and I'm going to try to tie this in uh, just a little bit. I want to tell you how good Jesus is. John 13, 6 through 9. So he came to Simon Peter. He said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. Let me read that again. Jesus answered and said to him, what I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. You don't know why I'm washing your feet? Well, you don't. And I'm just telling you, Peter, you don't understand what's happening right now. But pretty soon, you're going to look back on this and you're going to remember it. Jesus was talking to Peter 
out of love because he wanted him to understand the things that Jesus had set up the disciples for when Jesus died, they, he knew that they would be confused. He knew that they would be frustrated. He knew that they would be in a transition that they didn't understand. And so Jesus tells Peter right now, what I'm doing right now, what we're talking about right now, the fact that I'm washing your feet and I'm serving you right now, I know you don't understand that, but one day you're going to. And Peter was about to enter the greatest mental anguish and transition that he had probably ever entered in his whole life. Peter. You don't get it right now, but one day you will. Jesus was just like the Holy Spirit was doing to me the other day. He was telling him, listen, you don't understand what I'm telling you right now, but soon you're going to. You don't understand woman who uh, just got filed divorce papers on. You don't understand what's happening right now, but one day you're going to. You don't understand this transition that you're going through right now, but one day you're going to. One day it's going to be crystal clear. One day you're going to understand this weird trial. One day you're going to understand why this had to be done so suddenly. One day you're going to understand why everything is so confusing right now. Peter, you don't get it right now. Just let me wash your feet for goodness sake. But you will understand hereafter. The Lord does things and says things to prepare us for things that we don't know are coming, but he does. And all of this weird transition and this weird uh, things that you're that are happening to you, that are happening, you're looking around and you're praying in your in your prayer time. God, I don't understand why I had to lose my job, why this marriage didn't work out. But in this moment, I'm gonna trust that you understand. Sometimes. When God calls us to an absolutely crazy transition, we don't understand, but eventually we 100% are. I want to go to Matthew 20, and I want to look up uh, Matthew 20, 17 through 19. And this is Jesus speaking again. And this is what he's telling him, just like the Holy Spirit told me a couple of weeks ago. He was telling them in advance what was happening so that they would remember what Jesus had said. Here we go. Uh, Jesus was about to go to Jerusalem and he took 12 of his disciples aside by themselves. And on the way, he said to them, behold, we're going up to Jerusalem and the son of man will be delivered to the chief priests and to the scribes and they will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to mock and scourge and crucify him. And on the third day, he will be raised up. Now, it does it get any plainer than that? Let me read it again. Jesus was about to uh, go up to Jerusalem and he took 12 of his disciples aside by themselves. And on the way, he said to them, behold, we're going up to Jerusalem. The son of man will be delivered to the chief priests and scribes. He even told him who was gonna be delivered to. And they will condemn him to death. I am going to die, people. And they will hand him over to the Gentiles to mock and scourge and crucify. And on the third day, he will be raised up. Now, is there anything more plainer in the scripture than for someone to tell you specifically what's going to happen? Jesus 
He didn't mince words. He wasn't confusing. He said what he said. He meant what he said. And um, he said what he said. He meant what he said because he wanted to prepare them for when there was that fast and sudden transition. They could recall the promises and the things that Jesus told them so that it would comfort them so that they could get through that season of their life. Matthew 26, too. Let me go here, too, and let me read this. When Jesus had finished all these things, he said to his disciples, you know, after two days, the Passover is coming and the son of man will be handed over to crucifixion. Jesus is telling them this is coming. This is happening. I'm telling you in advance so that the transition might be easier. Jesus had prepared them for what he was getting ready to do. He tells Peter, you're not going to understand what things are going on right now, but let me tell you something you will. You're going to understand eventually. And then they go through this, you know, they've done the Passover thing. They go through and they, um, you know, he's arrested. Judas betrays him. Peter denies him. He's on the cross. And they sit completely stunned. It's interesting, the scene before Mary goes, the, the Marys go to look at the tomb that Sunday morning. They're in the upper room. I'm not going to read you the text, but they're in the upper room. They're gathered together. They're terrified. They're scared. They pretty sure that everyone's going to come after them next because they were the 12 that Jesus picked, but they were also very identifiable because they were the 12. I mean, look at the people with Peter. You were with him. You were with him. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. everyone kind of knew who the disciples were. They were the modern day celebrities of the day. They're sitting in this upper room and they're stunned and frustrated and wondering what in the world just happened. And I just feel like that's where you are today. I've been thinking a lot about how Jesus and his love prepared the disciples. He told them multiple times, I'm going to die and then I'm going to be resurrected. In his love, he prepared them. You know, sometimes we don't want to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say because we just don't, because we don't like it. We don't like the nudging. We don't like the direction that he's leading in. We don't like what he's saying. We don't like, you know, uh, where he might be leading us or what he might be preparing us to. We don't feel equipped. We don't feel ready. We don't feel like we can handle it or whatever. But the Holy Spirit might have told you something that you don't want to believe or even think about, but he's telling you that in love because he knows what you're going through right now. And he knows maybe you need to think back to some things that he has prompted you with before to get you through the situation that you're in right now. The love of Jesus compelled Jesus to tell his disciples, I'm going to die, I'm going to be buried, and then I'm going to be resurrected on the third day. He prepared them for the transition. And I just wonder in your life, what has Jesus or the Holy Spirit said to you? There's been a lot of nudgings of the Holy Spirit where he's, God has told me something. And I'm like, nah, that can't be right. <laughs> One time, this is really crazy. This is years ago. I, I do not know this person now. I don't even know where they were. I don't even remember what their name was. 
But I remember walking into someone's office one time and all of a sudden I got a really weird feeling and I looked at my husband. I'm not even kidding. I don't know where this came from, but I said, I think he's going to get fired. I just got this feeling this guy's going to get fired. I don't know where it even came from. You guys, three weeks later, the guy got fired. How does that even happen? I don't know. Off subject, I know. But sometimes... We don't want to hear some of the things that the Spirit is trying to tell us in love. But when our life unfolds and transitions happen, especially sudden transitions, like what happened with the disciples after their precious Jesus was dead. What we thought was cruel in the moment, what we thought was something we couldn't understand in the moment, what we thought was confusing in the moment when God was trying to speak to us and tell us something actually is a great comfort when we need it. In 2019, I remember um, sitting on the side of a bed. I was going on TV. We were getting ready to do my, it was in November, my last stop on the book tour for Gangster Prayer. And it was in Canada. And I remember sitting on the bed, and I think I've told this story a couple of times, but for those of you that didn't hear it, I had one of the gals with me, you know, just take a picture. Let's just document this moment. And so she took a picture and sitting on the side of the bed. And as soon as she snaps that picture, the Holy Spirit spoke so clear to me. And he said, um, this is going to be it for a while. You're not going to do a lot of traveling. And I was like, I don't like that. That's not from God. That's from Satan. That is not from God. That is get thee behind me, Satan. And some things we, we sometimes we think things like that are from Satan, but really they're just God preparing you for what's coming. I had no idea in November of 2019 when I was sailing high with all the stuff that I was doing that 2020 and everything that 2020 brought was coming. I had no idea that a virus was going to break out all over the world. I had no idea. But you know what? You know who did? The Holy Spirit. And he told me something he knew I might not want to hear, but he told me something to prepare me because when it came, I was prepared. Oh, this, this is what you were talking about. A couple of weeks ago when God spoke to me about a specific person, I thought, nah. I actually even called this person and said, hey, is this going to happen? No, it's not going to happen. And then it ended up happening. The Holy Spirit leads us in all truth. He is our helper to prepare us when sudden, fast transitions come. You might not understand what you're going through right now. But I want to ask you a question. Has God through his word, through the Holy Spirit, in some way prepared you for what you're facing? You know what I'm talking about. Do you have a little nudge a couple months ago about what you're dealing now might be coming? Did you read a verse and you thought, hmm, that hit different? wonder what that's about. Did you have someone come up and say, listen, I have a word for you from the Lord. And it didn't sit with you then. And you couldn't understand. Oh, I don't, I can't receive that. That is not, but now all of a sudden, 
<laughs> that thing is like the best thing you've ever heard. Do you have a feeling? That's the love of Jesus. God, the full Trinity, preparing you for a transition now. John uh, 2 says this, and I want to read this to you. It's so good. John 2, 19 through 22. Now, this is at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. And he says this. He says it to the disciples. Jesus answered them, destroy the temple, and in three days, I'll raise it up. Then the Jews said, it took 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Verse 22. So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said this and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. Boom. Let me read it again. Jesus said, destroy the temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. The Jews said it took 46 years, but he was speaking of the temple of his body. So when he was raised from the dead, guess who remembered? Oh, he said this. And they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus has spoken. Listen, they remembered. They remembered. They remembered. Oftentimes in a transition, it can be so confusing and so frustrating we almost are grasping at truth. We're grasping for a pillar. We're grasping for an anchor. We're grasping for something to hold us stable in the midst of a swift and rushed and sudden transition. Well, I want you to take a minute. I'm going to have you homework today. I want you to take a minute and think back. Did God prepare me for this? I was driving in my car this morning, you guys, this morning, early, early this morning. And I was driving to an appointment. And a couple of weeks ago, I, um, the Lord took me to Gideon in the scripture, <laughs> Gideon. I love Gideon. I'm obsessed with Gideon. Besides Deborah, he was the greatest judge of Israel, but Deborah was amazing. So we, we, we'll talk about Deborah one day. I love her. And I had been in Gideon a couple of weeks ago and I turned on a podcast this morning and I was listening to it because I was in horrible traffic on 635 in Dallas, Fort Worth. And the preacher said, you know, we're going to talk about Gideon. <laughs> I laughed out loud because a couple of weeks ago, the Lord was trying to get a message to me very specifically about Gideon and the 300 men that went and overtook the Midianites. But then I wouldn't listen. But today I'm all ears. The disciples remembered and it comforted them. And they went on to plant churches, to represent the name of Jesus. They didn't get stuck in the transition. It brought them great hope, and they were able to move forward and do amazing things. Has God prepared you for this moment, for what he said? Maybe what somebody else said, maybe what your pastor preached. Has God prepared you for this moment? Then you're not lost. There's no need to be confused because he has the map. There's no need to be frustrated because the transition is transitioning you somewhere. How did he nudge you? Because that's what's going to get you through. Those three days between uh, Jesus 
death and resurrection were confusing, but really profitable for the disciples. You're going to understand hereafter. You're in those three days. You're in those three days. They're confusing. They're hard. But they're really profitable for you. They're valuable. This season is valuable for your future. You're going to need this season because this will build you into what you are becoming. You need this. We need these times where we question, we ask, and we ask the Lord, are you still with us? We remember what he said. We need these times because they drive us to a deeper, intimate relationship with Jesus that we all ultimately want. This confusing transition, this hard one, this sudden one, what the heck happened to my life? It's hard. You don't understand it now. But hereafter, you will, okay? Remember what Jesus has said. Does that encourage you guys today? Did I make any sense today? I don't know. I'm kind of tired today. It's been a week. (laughs) I love you guys. I just feel like a lot of us can pull from that because I keep hearing, I'm just, I'm in a new transition. I'm starting something new. I'm leaving something old. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Something came upon me all of a sudden and I didn't understand what was happening. You will, you will stay the course of faith. That's exactly what the disciples did. Lord, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. I thank you that the whole, you gave us the helper. You gave us the Holy Spirit, the helper to tell us things that other people won't. Thank you, God, for the gift of the helper. Thank you, God, for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that you represented what you do in all of our lives. You prepare us for hard transitions. You prepare us for confusing things. You prepare us um, when, when, when seasons are confusing, your word is not because most of the time you have prepared us just like you did with the nation of Israel. You went before them. You prepared the way. We praise you that that is part of you. We praise you, God, for how good you are in that. I pray for that person that is dealing with something that is so, so, so hard. They see nothing. They don't see a way forward. They don't see a way backward. They're stuck. They're stuck in a transition that they didn't want, much like the disciples. Spirit of God, I pray that you would encourage their heart and remind them of things that you've showed them in the past so that they can move forward, comforted by your spirit. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, I hope that encouraged you today. I needed it. It was so good. I love these scriptures. I love that the disciples remembered. I love that Jesus told about what was going to happen to them. I love that he prepared them and I just love it. I love that that is the God that we serve. He's so good, guys. He's so good. Okay. Uh, We're going to come back with a question and a testimony from one of you. Okay. See you in a sec. Every day, a new day. Yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah.
Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, this question is so good. I feel like I answer it a lot, but you ask it a lot. So we're just going to keep answering it. By the way, if you have a question or if you have like a testimony, what's God doing in your life? Send it, DM me, send me a private message on social or send us an email. Hello, autumnmoz.com. Okay. Okay, guys, we have a question from one of you, and I love this question. We get it a lot, but I'm going to answer it because everybody kind of wants to know the answer to this question. The question is, life feels so incredibly lonely for me right now. What can I, practically speaking, is in parentheses, do to feel God's presence in my life? Now, I will tell you this. Sometimes we don't feel his presence, okay? Now, there is a lot of times that we do feel his presence, especially when we're in worship or whatever. So the most practical way that you could feel God's presence, if if that's what you're wanting to do, is get alone, put your headphones on, put on some worship music, and ask the Lord to meet you right there. The Bible says the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. That's why worship is so powerful at church. If you do not go to church, Go to church this week, okay? Allow the Lord to speak to you and silence everything in your mind and allow yourself to engage with the supernatural that is there. He is inhabiting the praises of his people. So practically speaking, worship would do it because that's what his word tells us. If you want to go a little bit deeper, this is something that I have done for years Um, I will go outside. I don't know where you connect with God the most, but I'll go outside and I will sit and I will be unbothered and I will ask the Lord to meet me there through prayer. Sometimes I just sit there and I don't say anything and I wait to feel the presence of God before I even start speaking. Okay. Get alone, leave your phone in your house. Put yourself in an envi- in a peaceful environment and sit and ask the spirit of God to meet you there. There was one day specifically, I think it was in, was it in the fall? I don't know, but I, I had like the worst week ever. And I went outside early, early, early on a Saturday morning and I sat and I sat and just sat in without saying anything, the presence of the Lord for about 45 minutes. 
And it was special. I don't know how I wasn't interrupted by my kids during that time, but it healed me. It gave me strength. It gave me comfort. And I desperately needed it that specific week. Get alone, silence everything, get yourself in a peaceful environment and ask the spirit to meet you there. Those are two practical ways that you can feel the spirit of God. But just because you don't feel the spirit of God does not mean he is not present with you even right this second. He is present, even though you don't feel his presence. He is present. He is with you, okay? Um, Okay, here we go. What is God doing in your life? Now, I love this. I love it when you guys write in and encourage me. And sometimes I should put that in our what God is doing in my life segment. Uh, You guys, and your encouragement comes at times, real specific encouragement comes at times when we need it. Our team needs it. I need it. This keeps, gives us fuel to keep doing what we're doing. But uh, they say, I'm writing to let you know your message about Lazarus was so from God. This is the fourth message God has given me to tell him to trust him during this terrible thing that's happened with this person's son and his best friend. I won't go into a ton of detail, but God used Lazarus' story to bring him glory. And my husband and I believe that that is the same thing that he is going to do with us. I'm paraphrasing a little bit just to leave out some of the details. They say that this specific segment on Lazarus gave her the encouragement she needed. And she knows that God is going to move in what sounds like to be a really rough situation in their heart. So that is what God is doing in her life. Listen, I know what it's like, even like I was saying before the break to turn on a podcast or to turn on something and get a word from the Lord from something. So thank you for so much for sharing that what we're doing is helping you specifically in your life with what you're dealing with. That's why we do it. That's why we do what we do. We will be praying for your situation because it sounds like it's rough with your son and his friend. Okay. All right. Another episode of the Autumn Mile Show is complete. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I love this. I love this message. I love these truths. We will be back next week. You know we will. Every Tuesday. Hey, share this with a friend. Share it. Leave us a little review. And if it's a good review, don't leave us a bad review. (laughs) Share this thing if you know someone that's going through a really, really difficult transition and they just need hope because... I know it'll encourage someone. God's word always does. All right. Love you guys. I'll see you next week. Right back here for a brand new episode of the Autumn Mile Show. Love y'all. See you then. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Mile Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to AutumnMiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of the Autumn Mile Show.